Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is January 25th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapters 16 and 17. Well, beginning in verse 13, Matthew says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he turns to them. He makes it much more personal. He says, Who do you say? that I am. Well, Simon speaks up. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Well, Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I love that. So Jesus always wants to know, who do we believe? That he is. Jesus is trying to measure. Do they understand the gospel message? Do they understand what his ministry is about? Do they know why Jesus has come? And, and they said, well, the crowds are saying you're just a prophet, a teacher, another one of those guys. And Jesus says, well, I want to know what you think. And Peter speaks up and says, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the one and only, right? And Jesus says, you're right. And then he says, upon this truth, upon this declaration, the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God who's come to save us from our sins. Upon that truth, the good news, I'm going to build my church. And Jesus says, when I start building this church, and I love it, he doesn't say, you're going to build my church. He says, I'm going to build my church. Jesus is building his church. And he says, hell will not prevail against it. Man, I love that. Nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ. He will build his church. And I'm so glad that we get to be a part of building the church with him, right? And then he says this, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And then he warns the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Messiah, which is interesting. So on one hand, he says, it's this declaration, this good news, this gospel, that I am the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and you can receive life, eternal life and forgiveness from your sins by putting your faith and trust in me. He says to the disciples, you preaching that message is going to open heaven for everyone who hears and believes. But then he says in the very next breath, but don't tell them yet. The time is it now. It's not, it's not ready because Jesus wants them to understand. I've not come to establish an earthly kingdom and rule and reign. I'm actually going to have to give my life in order for that to be possible. So Jesus begins to explain that. Verse 21 it says, from that time on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and leading priests and the teachers of religious law, and he would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Watch this. Peter pulls him aside and starts to reprimand him, saying such things as, Jesus, you can't do that. Heaven forbid, Lord. This will never happen to you. 
Peter says to Jesus. Well, Jesus turns to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing from a human point of view and not from God's point of view. So Jesus wants them to understand the only way I can be the savior of the world is I have to give my life. Now, Peter doesn't like that. And this is an example of why Jesus isn't ready for them to go around preaching because Peter doesn't get it. In fact, he begins to correct Jesus. He basically says, no, we can't let that happen. We can't let you die. We can't let you be killed. And what Peter doesn't understand is if Jesus doesn't die in our place, then salvation's not available to any of us. And so he looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Now, that's interesting, too, because on one hand, Peter is the one that declared, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And so in that moment, God has revealed something powerful to Peter that he is speaking out. Well, then in the very next moment, same guy, now Satan has revealed something to Peter that he's speaking out. And I think it's just a good caution, a warning to us. On one hand, we're trying to listen and grow in our capacity to hear God's voice, but we have to recognize we can all be deceived. And it's one of the reasons why the Word of God is so important. God would never speak something to us personally that contradicts His Word. So in this case, Peter feels like he's getting a word from God, but it contradicts the plan of God, which means it's not from God. And so Jesus calls it out, get behind me, Satan. And so we just always have to be careful how we're handling listening to God and and communicating what we believe God's saying to us, because sometimes we get it right and sometimes we miss it. And that's why we must build our life on the Word of God, and we must bring all of our thinking into agreement with God's Word. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciple, if any of you wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. And if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And so he just says, we've got to lose our life. And so many times in American culture, Everything in our culture is working to get us to do the opposite, to build a life. So here's a great way to understand this. Dependence versus independence. So when Jesus says, if you find your life, it's basically if you create a life of independence where you don't need me, you'll actually lose life. But if you lose your life, if you give up your independence and find life in me, you'll find true life. So we have to be careful because culture is trying to bait us into creating a life where we don't need God, we don't need faith, and we end up losing our life. Then chapter 17 is the transfiguration. Watch this. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up high on the mountain alone. And they watched, and Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appear and began talking to Jesus. And I think the timing of this is interesting. So first Jesus talks about his death, and then he shows them his glory. And I suspect, I suspect it's because when Jesus talked about dying, it may cause the disciples to begin questioning 
Is he who we think he is? Can we follow him? And it's like in this moment, Jesus gives them a glimpse of his glory, which is generally veiled by his humanity. Well, that's lifted, and all of a sudden they see Jesus in his glory. And I think it's just an opportunity to to really build their faith in order to sustain them through what they're about to experience, which is a very difficult season in Jesus's ministry that ultimately leads to his death. And so they get to see the glory of God. And I love that. Now watch this. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. Do you want us to make shelters as memorials? One for you, Moses and and Elijah. And as he spoke, a cloud overshadowed them. And they heard a voice from heaven say, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. When the disciples hear that, they were terrified. They fell on the face first on the ground. And what I, I think is important about that is that Peter's, you know, he's kind of nervous. He's not really sure what to do in the moment. Let's build shelters. Let's build kind of altars. And God makes it clear, no, there's only one person in this crowd who deserves worship and glory, and it's my son. And so they hear the father speak from heaven. This is my dearly loved son whom I am well pleased, listen to him. And they fall on their faces before God, overwhelmed. And of course, Jesus later then says to them to to get up. Watch, verse seven, Jesus came over and touched him. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah was gone. Only Jesus was left. And so Jesus has a place of prominence. God the Father wants them to understand. Jesus is unlike all of the other prophets, anybody that's come for him, he is God in the flesh, the Savior of the world. Isn't that good? Well, let me pray for you. Father, thank you again for this teaching today. Matthew's trying to help us to understand who Jesus is and how that message will transform our world. However, Jesus has to give his life. And Peter's confused about that and tries to rebuke Jesus. And then he gets to see his glory. And he's told to listen to what Jesus says. Man, what a beautiful description. I I just love all of that. I love how you handle that. And God, it just encourages and strengthens our faith. And God, I pray that you would give us a boldness to tell our world about Jesus. God, to give them opportunity to open their heart and receive you as their Savior, to be set free, to be loosed, and to know that the kingdom of heaven is there. God, help us to listen to you, to follow you, to trust you in everything, in every area of our life. God, we turn to you again. We open our heart again today to you and invite you to have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, hope that encourages you. Man, so glad you're with me again today. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.